Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. I want to continue um, this series uh, on Psalm 91, and as I was studying it, we're going to continue even into next week because we're not going to be able to get done with it today. But um, so in that, um, Psalm 91 is really God's ultimate protection plan. It is a wraparound plan that takes care of you in all of your ways. And there's nothing more reliable than the promises of God. There's nothing more that we can depend upon than the promises in God's word, in God's word as we stand on them and believe that they are true. Because what we got to remember is that God's word is the final authority. It makes the final decision on everything. There's no other voice, no other opinion, no other additive. The word is final. So what he said ends all conversations and God's word is true and faithful. But you know, the big issue that we're facing concerning this virus right now is not the virus. It's a spirit of fear. That's what is up, but it's what we're up against. It's what we're dealing with because fear spreads faster than the virus. And fear paralyzes you. And it causes you to really buckle under and to really want to hide from all of this going on. But Paul said very clearly in 2 Timothy 1.7, and, and um, Jim spoke of this when he prayed, is that God has not given us a spirit of fear. you got to remember that he doesn't say God has not given us fear. It says a spirit of fear. And it's so important to know that what we're up against is not mere words or a mere virus. It's a spirit that wants you to be so afraid that you don't even want to leave your house. You don't even want to go in. You don't want to talk with anybody because you're bound up in this fear. So how do you resist a spirit of fear? How do you come against it? How do you deal with it? The first thing that you do is that you come under and you submit yourself under God's authority. You submit under his lordship. You come under his wings. You come under his shelter. And you come under in his dwelling place to where you're going to resist the the idea that somehow you can figure this out and you can protect yourself. Because we are ultimately very dependent on God. In this situation, we are in so in need of God to come through for us. So in this, we're dealing a invisible enemy, and the only way to fight it is with God. So in that, we come under his shelter. So the first course of action is submitting yourself under the lordship of Jesus, and you're coming under the new covenant, which was won by his blood. So you're being covered in the blood of Jesus. And it's the blood that will not allow the the plague, the sickness to come upon you. It will pass 
over you. Just like it did in the Israelites. In the day when they put the blood over the doorpost, um, the, 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 uh, the plague had to go over them and could not touch them. So what happens is that when, when you're under the covering of the blood of Jesus, there's no squabble, there's no argument, there's nothing that the enemy can do to defeat you because it ends all arguments. The blood defeats the enemy. So it neutralizes the effects of any virus of anything that might come near you and bring harm. But you know, there's something truly unique about Psalm 91. Because in Psalm 91, you can find all of the promises of protection in one Psalm. It's like a, um, it's like the ultimate collection series of all of the promises of God for our protection, all compiled into one Psalm. So it's kind of like the greatest hits of, of the promises all put together in a special edition package just for you. So in that, it is available to us. And in that, one of this, um, the ways in which we um, apply this psalm in our life is that we don't understand that this isn't just something written thousands of years ago by David that's really not, it sounds really good, but it's really not applicable today. You know, we would never say that, but do we really believe the totality of Psalm 91 really is our protection? But just to, just to let you know, to validate how an old Psalm can be applicable today, I want you to, want you to read this. Luke 24 Verse 44, and this is in, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Luke 24, 44. The issue is this. Psalm 91, the truth of what it is communicating has to have a fulfillment in your life. It's to be fulfilled. It's to be carried out and it's to be completed. It's not something you're just reading. So, well, that sounds nice. no. It's actually going to be applied in your life because Jesus said it is. So let's look at verse 44 of Luke 24. And then he said to them, don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was still with you? I told you that everything written about me would be fulfilled, including all the prophecies from the law of Moses through the Psalms and the writings of the prophets that they would all find their fulfillment. Is that not powerful? What he's saying is, is that Psalm 91 is to have a fulfillment in your life right now. It is to come about and bring about this incredible protection plan that is to be for your life personally right now. Now that's good news, church. That's saying you get to, you get to take this limited edition collection package of all the promises and you get to apply it right now. And Jesus says, and it will have a fulfillment. So this was written for us today. And you know what? It's not a coincidence that Jesus, that, that David mentions in the Psalm two times that pestilence will not come near you. 
And he is the only thing in Psalm 91, pestilence, that's mentioned two times. So in that, you almost thought he was looking ahead, thinking of us, and now this is something that we can apply in our own personal lives. So it's a fulfillment that has its course concerning this coronavirus. You know, it's comforting to know that God had the foresight of knowing, you know what, they're going to need this. They're going to need this. You're going to need this plan, this plan of protection that is provided in my word for it to find its fulfillment in your own personal lives right now. We're going to need it. And now right now, church, it is our greatest hour to stand up and say, you know what? For me and my house, we're covered in the blood and we're all right. And, you know, the world is looking for people that are, are really like at peace, really that, you know, the sky is not falling. The world is going to say, what is in you that's different? Why are you so peaceful? Why are you so calm? Well, it's because of Jesus. I'm under the plan. I have the plan. And it's wonderful. And you need it too. So, you know, we used to tell our children when they were young, when our children were, were your children's age, when they used to get in, you know, into troubled situations or hard times, we used to tell them, you know what you do? You call 911. You call Psalm 91.1 and you call out. And we used to have little motions to Psalm 91, you know, and we would sing it and do our motions and we would dance. And but it's it's incredible. All you got to do is just pick up the phone and dial 911. Call on Psalm 91.1 and then there's help for you. So let's recap last week. Real quick, the secret place or the dwelling place or the hiding place, whatever your version says in verse one, is a wonderful place of safety and protection for all of us. But and it's a protection from the storms of life and all the things that we go through. But this promise of entering into the shelter is conditional because it says that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells. You have a choice whether you want to dwell in his shelter or your own shelter. So there's a condition here that basically unlocks all of the promises that are in this psalm, and it starts in verse 1. He who dwells. Are you dependent on God for everything? You know, I, I, I know we all need toilet paper, but I'm telling you what. I went into the store the other day just to get something for Eliza, something like orange juice. Every single cart had toilet paper. Now, I, you know, is it a necessity? Yes. But do you need six cases? No. But the reality is, is that there was such fear and people dependent on trying to protect themselves. Now, I'm not saying you need to be, you know, wise and prudent and get your hand sanitizer and get, I, I'm, you know, but you know what? There's an element in this that everybody was gripping their carts in fear with their toilet paper. I mean, and and it's just like, 
Are, are, are you trying to take care of things and getting under your own shelter or are you getting under God's shelter? Are you dependent on him to take care of you? So in that, we cannot come under this fear. So this whole aspect, collected, limited edition of Psalm 91 is for those that dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. But you know what? It says not only will you dwell, you will hide in the shadow of the Almighty. So what does that look like? Well, um, come here, Steve, come here. All right. I want you to come over here. What do you see right here? Look, look down on the ground. What do, you, what do you see right there? Okay. Now I want you to stand in my shadow. Uh, it's a little over, a little more here. See it right there? There you go. There you go. See, see when I move? See, see the, see it moving? All right. Okay. So, wait, well, yeah, it's moving over here. See, it's moving over there. Here. Okay. Now follow my shadow. See it? All right. See it right there? It's moving ahead of you now. Come on. You got to hurry up. Come on. All right. So to stand in my shadow means you got to be pretty close to me, right? How close are you to God right now? Are you standing in his shadow? Because the shadow is a shadow of love. There's love in a shadow. And love covers you. And perfect love casts out all fear. But you know, when he is walking in my shadow, um, it's a very intimate and close relationship. So my shadow is going to keep moving. Okay, come on. It's just way up here now. Come on. All right. There you go. Come on now. Yeah. All right. See, you know, when you're close, you know, the father can put his arm around you and you put your arm around the father. And there's a closeness here that is intimate and it's relational. And it's like you can almost feel his heartbeat. But it says that we will abide. Abiding means remaining in. Staying in the shadow of Almighty God, it means staying in the love of God. Staying in this intimate connection with Him that you can know and hear His voice. That you can know that you are totally dependent on Him for everything that you need in life. And this is so important that we understand this, that we, we, we are called the sheep of His pasture. And I don't know, I've, I've been out at Warren Wilson. Anybody been out at Warren Wilson, seen those little nice little sheep out there in, in the field? They're the cutest little things. And then in springtime, when all the little lambs are born, and there's, there's hundreds of these little lambs, the little ones just running around. But you know what? They're the most helpless animals there is. They can't protect themselves. And that's who we're called after. We're called the sheep of his pasture. So... We got to realize that that we are we are very dependent on him to take care of us and to watch over us. So in that um, to abide in the shadow is to abide in his love. And let me just share this with you. John 15 verse 9 if we have that scripture. John 15 verse 9 through 10. Just as the Father has loved me, 
I have also loved you. Now think about that. Just as the Father has loved Jesus, Jesus is saying the same love that the Father has for me, I'm now going to demonstrate and give it to you. Now that's a lot of love. When you think about the God of the universe, the love that he had for his son and what he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased when he spoke at his baptism. The same love that God has for his son, Jesus, Jesus has for us. And then he says this, abide in my love. Remain in my love. Stay in the shadow of my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Love is found in the shadow of the Almighty. And it's just not him loving you, but it's you also loving him. It's you also giving overtures to him. Father, I love you. I, I love you, Father. I, I, I love you for all of you, are, for what you do. For, I love you. I love you just because I love you. And you, you're cultivating, giving him overtures, and you're sharing and expressing your heart to him. And you're allowing him to know that you are so grateful for all that he's done for you. It's a relationship. So he's pouring love into you, and you're saying, oh, Father, I love you. I worship you. So in that, it's cultivating such a dependent, loving relationship. So I want to start in Psalm 91. I want to start reading through it, and then we're going to stop where I ended off last week. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. And you will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day of the pestilence that stalks in darkness the second time or the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. You have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Now, this is where I'm going to pick up verse 10. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague, just to reinforce what he said, will come near your tent. If you're concerned about the well-being of your family, the protection of your family, this Psalm 91 is for you. Because the word tent, um, in other versions, you'll see household or homes. And in that, this plan, God is saying, is for those that are, are have made the Lord their refuge and and the Most High, their dwelling place. So at this point, David makes this comprehensive plan also available to not just you, but your whole household. So what he's saying is, 
it's it's like a rider. You know, when you help when you uh, when you buy insurance, you can get a rider, and a rider might be uh, where it, it doubles the protection. Where you know, if you die by accident or injury, it'll, it'll turn a hundred thousand into two hundred thousand. You might have a rider of disability coverage, or 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 income replacement, or or a child. You might put a rider of a child on there. This is God's rider program. It's comprehensive, and it's not only going to involve your life, but it's going to involve your family. So you get to stand and make a charge that for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this protection plan is now going to cover your wife. It's going to cover your children. It's going to cover your your mom and dad. It's going to cover your whole household. And so in that, God is saying, I am going to make this available for all of your family members. And you know, there's an an instinct, an instinctual aspect of all of our lives. And if you're a parent, you really want to protect your children. If you want me to get a rise real quick. Have something go against my children or go against my wife. I mean, I'm like beyond honey, white on rice. I'm like, it's on. You come against my family. I'm on that. You know, I'm, I'm like, I want to make sure my family's protected. So in that, and I can't fight all the battles, but God is saying, I'll take care of it. Just stand on my word, believe it that this protection is for your family. So you stand on it and you believe for it and it's pervasive and it covers your entire family. Just as Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What did Rahab say? Rahab, you know, when the spies were going out into the land, you know, and they came in, she says, woo, I know who you are. And and then she began to, have discourse with them, and, and she knew that 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 the calamity was getting ready to come upon the land. She says, "Man, I want protection, not just for me, but for my whole household." So she stood up for her family, and then they said, "Okay, if you put a red scarlet out your window, and we come and we see that, and if all your family is in that room, you're protected." So there's an element of household uh, protection that is available for us in this psalm, but it's trusting in it. Do you trust in this word when you're late at night and your children have not come home and it's two in the morning? Or you get an unexpected knock on the door late at night. Who's that? Or or you get a letter in the mail and it says IRS. You know, I mean, the, un- the, the the thing is, is that are we trusting in this word to protect our family? Or are we going to be in constant fear of all of the what ifs that can happen? We have to know that this is a, a promise that is to have a fulfillment, not only in your life, but in your family's life. So you can stand on it and take it to the bank. Psalm 112 verse 7 says this. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. 
So you're not going to fear bad things coming your way. You're going to start believing the good report. You're going to believe the report of the Lord. And you're going to believe that, that God has said in his word that he will protect my household. And I'm going to stand on it and believe in it. And I'm going to trust it and be steadfast. And I'm not going to waver, even though there might be a knock at the door or one hasn't showed up for a long time or all of the what ifs. You can stand on it and not succumb to the fear of bad news. Verse 11, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. This is one of the most unique promises concerning this. This is this additional dimension of God's protection that he has. Those that choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High and abiding in the shadow of the Almighty, he says, I not only am going to protect you, but I'm going to give you assistance. God has released angels that have been given charge over your life. And you know, have you ever been in a situation when somebody takes charge of a situation? Just just all of a sudden, someone just rises up and just takes charge, takes over. What are they doing? They're taking leadership. They're taking leadership in a situation and saying, okay, come on, let's get this thing done. Taking charge is taking ownership, taking their rightful place. And so God is saying, I've given angels to stand up and guard you in every situation, in every place, anything you're going through. I've given them charge to stand up and take leadership and to protect you when you least expect it. When you don't realize something's coming your way, something's getting ready to unfold, something very difficult is getting ready to happen. They're on guard all the time. They don't just like, you know, take a nap and take a break once in a while. They're on guard all the time. They're, they're, in, they're charged to watch over you. So right now, as you're sitting in your chair, there's an angel that's been given charge to protect you. Wouldn't it be wonderful just to all of a sudden have a visual of your angel? Hey, good to meet you, man. High five, baby. You know, I mean, I mean, we all have an angel right now being given charge. So you have a walking companion. You have somebody that is there with you all the time to watch over you to fulfill this promise. So what does it mean? To be given charge over you? These angels are, are coming, as it says in Scripture, that ministering angels are rendering aid to our benefit. They're rendering aid. So they're coming to us. They're aiding us. They're assisting us in the work of the kingdom. In the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are aiding us and watching over us. As, as Dan and, and the team goes into the prison ministries, they are aiding them, assisting them that souls might be won into the kingdom. 
They are there to assist them, watch over them, protect them. It's incredible what angels are doing for us. They're assisting us in all of our ways. When I was younger in high school, I was, um, I was driving down the highway with my friend. I was on the driver's side, and, and I, was, I was just talking to my friend, and I leaned over on the door. We were going down the highway, down I-40. Next thing I know, the door went wide open. And I went head first. I could just, I saw the pavement and that's all I saw. And, and I landed, I landed on my, perfectly flat on my chest. And I just slid on the highway. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm just laying there when it was all over. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, there wasn't a scratch on me. There wasn't a bruise on me. Nothing had, I, 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 it was like, and, and then my friend slammed on the, because he thought he ran over me. And so he, he slammed on the brakes and he ran around the car and he looked at me and I was just laying there on the sidewalk, just like this. And he says, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. You know, and, but I got up from that and I realized I had an angel that didn't allow me to go under the wheel of the car, number one. But he laid me flat and just slid me along on my belly. And I had nothing wrong with it. I mean, my, my clothes were just like this. They were perfect. I was like, what just happened? I know an angel just, just, just was there to lay me down so that I would just slide a little bit on the highway, but I was perfectly fine. I imagine some of you have angels that have watched over you in certain situations. Really, I imagine the stories we could just we could probably end the service with a ton of stories of people that had angelic protection over your life. They're there to assist you just when you need it. And they're watching over the attacks of the evil one. So it's incredible that we have been given angelic host. An angelic being is standing right beside you. Come on. I, I Listen, there, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I was here today worshiping and I could feel the presence of the angel behind me. I, I think he put his hand right here. And I could feel, I'm just like, oh, thank you. It's so good to see you again. You know, I, I, I know they're there. I know angelic hosts are around us protecting us. Amen. Verse 13, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample down. Now this psalm, this verse, shifts the protection from solely being him to us exercising the authority that we have. Okay? So now it's kind of shifted a little bit. It's the authority that we have in his name. So we're walking in the authority, and in that authority, he's saying that you will tread upon the lion, the cobra, the young lion, and the serpent. You will trample down. Luke 10, verse 19 says this. Behold, I've given you authority. Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, 
and nothing will injure you. Let me read that again. Luke 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Now, that's what Jesus is saying to us. Nothing will injure us. Nothing will harm us. So let's look back at verse 13 in depth. You know, in some ways, this verse doesn't make sense. It almost feels like we're to be in Africa, you know, with the lions and the young lions and the scorpions and the serpents. I mean, it seems like we're, we're to be in Africa. But we don't have to be in Africa for this to be applying to us today. I believe these words are graphic illustrations of the things that we are facing every day. Let me explain. I think the first one are lion problems. What is a lion problem? A lion problem, when you see a lion in the wild in Africa, and I look at lions all the time on Instagram. I love looking at lions, watching the videos of the lions. But lions are bold, loud. Have you ever heard a lion roar? Loud. They're fierce, and they come right at you. These types of problems are blatant things that come against you right in your face. They don't give you any warning. It is a sudden wreck that takes place. It is all of a sudden a, a, a serious diagnosis that hits you between the eyes. It is something that is a full force effect that comes at you. And it's something in which these types of problems the unexpected news that can come that rocks you? These are the lion problems. They're the obvious difficulties that seem insurmountable, insurmountable, that come up against you and you're like, and, and you don't know what to do. At this very moment, when you're facing a lion problem, God is saying, I am here to protect you. I am here to watch over you. I will defeat the lion problems that are coming at you, trying to destroy you. So you got good news, church. Those difficult lion problems that are in your face and they don't even winch at trying to dial it down a little bit. It's loud, it's bold, and it's coming at you. And God is saying, I'm going to protect you from those types of infiltrations that try to come against you. Then the second one are young lion problems. These are the less obvious problems. I would say these are like what is described in the scriptures, the little foxes, the little foxes that are running around that are subtle. They're kind of irritant. They're just at you all the time. It's these subtle little lies that are speaking to us. You're going to get sick. You're going to get the virus. You're going to get this or that. Oh, this is going to happen to you. You know, your, your children's future doesn't look good. 
you know, I, I really think you're going to be a financial failure. It's all these little subtle, even lies that are coming at us that if we do not apprehend and take captive those little subtle thoughts, little foxes, what happens is that they grow into bigger problems. If you don't deal with the little foxes, the little things that are going on in your mind, catching the foxes that are trying to ruin the vineyard, as it says in Song 2, verse 15, it is these little problems that can grow into big problems. So he's saying, I'm giving you the protection that you need to deal with these little young lions, these little young problems in your life. And God is going to watch over you. The next one, let's call them cobra problems. These are the problems that sneak up on you. These are the problems that that sneak up on you from the grass. You You didn't even see it coming. They come in from, from all sides. You didn't see it uh, coming in. It got under your radar. But God is saying that all of those things that try to sneak up on you, I'm there for you. All those things that are going to come at you from different directions that you did not expect, I've given you authority to stand on my word and I will deal with them. I will deal with all of those things that try to sneak up on you. And fourthly, serpent problems. And you know that word serpent actually means sea monster. So you know, there's not sea monsters today. But you know what? A sea monster is really a figment of our imagination. It is the, it is the thoughts that, that, that we are experiencing in our mind. We're imagining things that are a figment. They're not real. They're not real. They're just a figment of your imagination. And we have to stand firm in his word, realizing that these are, are they're like phantom fears. They're phantom fears. They're phantom fears that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. They're phantom fears that, that there's something that's, chasing you, and when you look behind you, there's nothing there. Some of us are running from problems in which there's really nothing causing us really to run. It's just in our mind. It's like we're, we're, we're running after something, and we find out there's nothing chasing us. It's a figment. It is a, is a, an imagination of our fears. You know, Proverbs 28.1 says this, The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them. Do you hear that? The wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. So if we're fleeing over a situation and we find out, oh, there was nothing there. I thought there was something there. I, I sure I heard something. Nothing. It's a figment of your imagination. And God wants you to know that you have the victory over the fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of losing all your money, the tormenting suspicions, 
All these things, he's saying, I've given you authority over these things. Stand in the authority that you have and see this vain imagination dissipate. You've got to stand firm. See, this whole verse is about you taking the authority that you have in Jesus, standing on the word and realizing that you will tread upon scorpions. You will tread upon everything and nothing will harm you. So as we stand on this word, we're believing that, you know, there's even things that the serpent will use, these serpent problems, where he keeps you you bound in the past and bound in the future, and you can't live in the present. He's, he's wanting you to live in the fears of the past, all the possible fears of the future, so you're neutralized in the present. He wants you to be active, standing in the authority that you have and not letting these fears drive you. But the good news is that you have power to tread over these types of fears and have the victory in Jesus. You know, when God told Joshua, be strong and courageous, to be strong and courageous and do not fear the giants in the land. Do not fear what's out there. Even though some of these giants were nine feet tall, some of them were big boys. I mean, come on, one, one guy had six, six uh, fingers and six toes. That's a big dude, you know? But God's saying, don't fear. I, I'm going to destroy them. But you've got to stand in what I've told you and be strong and courageous in the authority of my word and you watch the enemy fall. So in that, we're standing strong, church, right now. Because there is an element right now that is so pervasive that is running rampant through this land. And that is this imaginary fear that you're going to come down with the coronavirus. But as you stand in faith, covered under Psalm 91 protection, appropriating the blood of the Lamb, taking every thought captive, knowing that these promises are for you today, that they must have a fulfillment, you're going to see the power of fear broken off of your life. And we're going to be able to look at one another and know that we are standing in the faith and believing that God is going to turn all this around for good. You know that he works everything together for good to those that love him or call according to his purposes? He's going to work all this together for good. I don't know how he's going to do it, but God is going to get the glory out of this whole situation that we're facing today in our nation. He's going to work this whole thing together, and all of a sudden, God is going to be glorified in this crown that our that Rick said of the virus is going to be defeated because the crown of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has crushed Satan under our feet. He's crushed him. He's crushed him. He's defeated him. And I, 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 the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. So, so look at your foot right now. Look, look down your foot and realize that your foot was made for stomping. And you're going to stomp his head. 
because he's the defeated foe. Yeah, I like that sound. Come on. These, these feet were made for stomping, right? Come on now. Let's stomp your feet now. The bottom line is you've got to step in this in faith in realizing the authority that we have. And this is God's ultimate protection plan. Psalm 91. And it's just getting good. It's going to get gooder. We're, next week, we're going to even unpack the last part of it. But it is an incredible psalm that I'm so grateful that Jesus said, this psalm is going to have a fulfillment in your life today. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Yes, Lord, we thank you. I just, I just want you just to, in a way, kind of like, just, 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 just kind of like, put up your hands like this. Just put up your hands like this. And let's just imagine right now that you're under the shelter, the dwelling of the Most High God. That he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I want you to say this with me. And, and I do know the verse. <laughs> and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust. Father, we put our faith in your word right now. And we thank you for your promise. All the promises found in this collection of Psalm 91. And Lord, by faith, we believe that every promise will be our inheritance. And we as a church will walk in the fullness of it and see it fulfilled in our lives and in our families. So, Father, I'm asking now that the blood of Jesus cover everyone here. And I thank you, God, that this virus will pass over and it will come to an end. And its days are numbered. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that your blood is going to reverse the curse and release the blessing. So, God, let the blessing the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob be upon us. And Father, we thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You know, um, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against things in the heavenlies. And I want to just say if there's anyone that could use some prayer just over Fear, if, if fear has been plaguing you, you've been up at night worrying about a lot of things. Um, I'd like to have a couple of the prayer team come on up if we could. And uh, if, if you just want us to stand with you in faith for fear to be just dissipated, driven away from you, I want you to come up for some prayer because I know it's a real thing. I know it's things, some things have been people have been struggling with. So if you need prayer, I want to invite you to come up. 
And, uh, and if not, I bless you in the name of the Lord with his favor and his protection to be upon you this day as you go forth in Jesus' name. Give somebody a, a shoulder bump or a fist bump or a something bump. Amen. If you need some prayer, uh, come on forward. Let's get some prayer. And uh, yeah, if you need prayer, could I have a, um, maybe another person come on up and pray?